Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with my friend and partner, Dan Sullivan. Dan, last Inside Strategic Coach, we did a two-part series on the Scary Time Success Manual, which has been incredibly well received, been circulated everywhere. A whole bunch of people have asked if they had permission to forward it, which of course they do. Even Ben Hardy yesterday told me that it's been opened 10,000 times by his readership, which was a pretty cool thing. And what I'm really excited about is this part of this, we're turning this into a series, is we're actually going to do a deep dive into every single one of the strategies, which I think is really exciting. So this is number one of the Scary Time Success Manual strategies, which is forget about yourself and focus on others. So I think this is a really important one. And you really talk about how people can respond creatively as opposed to any other way when kind of scary times or big bad things happen. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah. So I think scary times, whatever form it comes in, Shannon, you know, it could be personal. It could be just something that's happening to you and not happening to anyone else. Or it could be small group. It could be big group. And as we found, it could be worldwide. Mm-hmm. In the case of the virus and the various lockdowns and shutdowns that happened. So it shocks the system because it's not life as normal. And what I've found is it's your response to the initial shock that really makes the difference. And I'm going to use the word response as opposed to the word reaction because everybody has a tendency to react to it, that something's being done to you, but the word response simply means, yes, that initial shock has happened to you. And as a result of it, you're using it as an opportunity to do something creative, do something positive, And the fastest way to do that is not worry about yourself, but actually say, hmm, in this situation, how can I be helpful? How can I be useful to other people? And tough muscle. I mean, this is a skill, and it's a very tough skill, because as we can see from this current time, people who are actually elected to be leaders Mm -hmm. are reacting. They're not responding those in the news media who we would expect to be cool, calm, and collected are not being cool, calm, and collected. They're Mm -hmm. adding their own, what I would say, panty reaction to the panty reactions that are already being experienced by their audience. So they're, they're not really being helpful and they're not really being useful right here. I wrote this, as I mentioned in our two part, when we did the overview, this was written within the first two weeks after 9-11, and that was shocking. You know, Uh commercial jets flying into office buildings, killing everybody on the jets, and then above a certain level, killing Uh everybody who was in the very, very skyscraping skyscrapers in New Uh York. You know, I mean, you just think about the situation, and it's shocking even almost two decades after. It's Uh scary to think about it. I had a lot of clients in the New York area, strategic coach clients, and they really got hammered. So we decided as soon as it was possible to do it, we would go to New York, we'd put on a special seminar, and we took the 10 strategies of the Scary Time Success Manual. It was the first time we brought it out. We hadn't brought it out before then. We read through the 10 strategies, and then we had a 
worksheet where they could actually take each of the strategies and apply it to Mm. themselves. And it was a big hit. And then it got spread out through the networks then. You're thinking close to 20 years ago. So we didn't have the capabilities that we have now to get this type of message out really quickly. Mm -hmm. It's true. On that point, Dan, one of the things that you talk about is that this first strategy really enables you to transform your own immediate shock into a wake-up call that your best first step in any scary time situations is to direct your time, attention, talent, and resources to helping specific other people who may be more shocked <laughs> than you are. So that's not what the news media and some of the government people are doing, but it is what you're doing and it is what we're doing and it's also what our clients and community can be doing too. Yeah, we have two words in the strategy that you forget any, actually, people except the ones that you can actually help, and you forget yourself. You're the one, you're being a first responder here mm. you know, in your own immediate circle, and then you focus. So each of these strategies is a focusing strategy, and you just go down the list of who are the people that I can actually help specifically Who's in the immediate range of what I can do? So for the first couple weeks after 9-11, we had a lot of communication with our clients. And then we zeroed in because we were just getting a lot of upset from the New York area. And we said, let's go to New York. Let's take our team to go to New York. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was actually about three weeks after when we actually had our meeting. And they really appreciated it. You know, people had all sorts of stories to tell and they got to tell each other the stories and they got to talk to each other and it was really great. But that was something specific we could do. And then what was really interesting about that first one, and then we'll get into some of the strategies that I recommend for that first response. And I'll talk about what happens to people when they just keep reacting rather than responding, Shannon. But it was very, very interesting in Chicago, I was doing workshops that day. Adrian Duffy, one of our other coaches, was coaching in the other room. So we had 100 mostly out-of-town individuals who had come to Strategic Coach that day. So we just announced that in a very short period of time, they had to make a decision whether they were going to be at the workshop for the rest of the day and then Mm -hmm. sort themselves out, or they were now going to take steps to actually go home, and we were going to help them. So our staff was really, really busy for about the first four or five hours, just getting everyone transportation, and in some cases, hotels, you know, where they could get hotel space. It was interesting, the Toronto staff didn't have workshops that day, and they were all watching this on TV, and they were much more impacted in a negative way. They weren't busy helping other people. The real interesting, you know, if you're really busy helping other people, the Scary Times event doesn't have the same impact on you because you're in motion. You're actually responding, but if you're just watching it on TV, you're just reacting, reacting, reacting. And fortunately, I never saw any of it until I got home at around 10 o'clock that night, and they had already censored some of the more grueling scenes, death scenes, So I didn't really, really have a chance to react because I simply had, as the coach that day, I simply had to respond. I had to coach all day that workshop. And I remember I had a discussion group that evening and I went to the discussion group. This was a book discussion group. The individuals, for the most part, 
weren't really engaged that day. And I just noticed that they were much, much more scared. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really scared. I was tired. Yeah, I wasn't scared. That's a really valuable point. I mean, that's a great example of focusing on others, you know, and forget about yourself. So that was very true. And I was in Toronto. We did have the TV on where I know you had said to the team in Chicago, take that away. There's something about when you're able to be practically useful to somebody else. And what is interesting, what I really love some of the stories that are coming out right now with COVID-19 is how people are helping their neighbors get groceries. And I have a bunch of people. This is end of March break week at the moment from, you know, Saturday, Sunday at the past weekend. And friends have come home from traveling, not allowed to go into grocery stores. They have to quarantine for 14 days. And their neighbors are going and getting them food. And Mm -hmm. of course, toilet paper. Let's not forget that. But, you know, when you can be helpful for someone else, I just connected with our team about doing some goal planning, which was lovely to think a year out. We're going to talk about a short-term focus too. But, you know, we'll readjust our goals in the short term, but we still actually do have a future. And you made that point in one of our last conversations about that. But before we move on, one of the keys here, what you said is helping specific other people. And you talk about this a lot with our clientele. Don't get seduced into wanting to, you know, serve everyone. Is it practically useful for one person? You know, make sure that you can do that. And I think in this situation, it's flipped a bit, but how can you be useful to, you know, a single type of person, your clientele, your family, your team, Mm -hmm. those that you know, rather than some big generality? Yeah, just on another notion of that, you know, we have lots of events in life. Someone dies or there's an accident or, you know, they're just going through a difficult time. And there's a Mm -hmm. standard thing which drives me crazy when I hear it. They said, anything you can think of that I can do for you, just let me know. So here's the thing. The person's already burdened down with the negative experience, but now... They've got to use their time to think of how to make you useful. You're asking them in this situation to be responsible for making you useful. And I say, yeah, it really doesn't work. It's not a great thing. And so what I always say, is there one thing I could do for you today that would be useful for Mm -hmm. you? And it's usually along the lines, could you pick up my dry cleaning? I'm not going to be able to get my dry. I said, sure, get the ticket. Go out, pick up the dry cleaning, bring it back and said, okay, is there something for tomorrow that I could do? And then you can just proceed day by day by day and do one important thing. Mm -hmm. And usually, since you've given them the formula, they'll do that to other people. Up until that point, they've just been, everything's coming at them. But the moment you break the spell, if you will, Mm -hmm. you break the spell and you say, look, the only people who are going to be useful to you are the people who do one specific thing complete it, come back, get another one. And I think uh, being specific really, really is very important during scary times. Well, I remember you using that example. What makes me think of it, this is phenomenal coaching for your team in terms of how they reach out to the clients. Like, is there one thing we could do for you right now that would put your mind at ease, would help you, would assist you? Obviously, it's going to be within the realm of whatever your business is. And it's usually way smaller than what you're imagining or maybe even dreading. But people need kind of really simple things sometimes to have them feel calmer or more confident about the future. So really just tapping into that, I think that's actually a great piece of team coaching, Dan, that people Mm -hmm. can pick up on. Now, before we jump into your five strategies, which are stellar, let's talk about the alternative if people are not proactive, if they do not, well, the current term is lean in, but they don't 
overcome the shock, what happens then, Dan? What happens when people are kind of at the effect of something and reacting rather than responding? Well, you go negative. I mean, you have a choice. You're going to go negative. And that's just react, react, react. So you start doubling down on your reactions. Mm -hmm. And what I notice is that people start making up stories which come under the category of conspiracy. I think the reason why this happened was so-and-so, and they're planning this. They're actually using this disaster to do something else. And I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, don't do, don't do this. You know, First of all, in the best of times, thinking about conspiracies doesn't get you anywhere because there's no way of telling the truth or the falsity about what you're talking about, but you're spreading rumors, you know, and you're burdening other people mm-hmm. by doing that. And so I cut back and really supervise that I don't say negative things during this period of time because mm-hmm. it's almost like an infection. So I praise a lot and, you know, I try to inject humor into the situation. I try to make things funny because humor is a tremendous relaxant, and it shifts people's thinking. They find something really funny. You can make fun about little things, but the entire thing is the longer you go and not responding to the situation, the more you're going to be probably disabled Mm -hmm. by the situation of being useful, being helpful during that period of time. And it's an individual decision, you know. And the other thing is that it's voluntary. It's voluntary. You can be a hero or you can be a load in the situation, and it's up to you. So, you know, I've grown up with a real instinct towards being a hero. So situations like this, I said, well, what's the hero do today? What are the specific things this hero called Dan, what's he do today? And they're usually small things or specific things. Uh-huh. But the one thing I don't want to do during the day is add one bit to anyone else's negative feelings. I don't want to pass on germs, if you will, negative germs. <laughs> you just actually help put words around one of the things I appreciate about you so much. It's why being in partnership with you, Dan, and all the different creative endeavors that we have is so enjoyable and joyful because you're incredibly acknowledging, you're very appreciative, you don't add any negativity. And it's kind of funny, if someone does come in with negativity, I actually find that a shock to my system. And I'm like, go away. You know, I'm like, don't add to it. And don't be one of those people that just regurgitates back what you've heard without any internal processing, especially of negativity, because it's destructive. And it, I'm not going to say it's worse than the virus, but it's in some cases, easily as bad because only a certain percentage of people will get this. But the rest of us can be infected with the fear, and that is incredibly Mm -hmm. detrimental. I mean, there's some people who are kind of experts from a medical standpoint, and they say your immune system is very much affected by your mental state. You know, you can actually become susceptible to physical negativity, you know, trauma or infection and everything. These are physical aspects. Mm -hmm. But your mental state, your emotional state, your psychological state has a great deal to do with whether you are immune or susceptible during this period of time. People get sick, you know, with natural disasters and deaths and accidents and everything else. They can get very, very sick because their immune system drops so much. They're feeling so negative. And then if other people around them are not being positive, 
and it adds to the load. So one of the first things I can do to focus on others is to focus positively on others. Ooh, I love that addition. Dan, let's jump into the strategies because I'm sure that people... Yeah, these are, are sub-strategies. So this sub-strategies, is sorry. Number. Yes. <laughs> these, are, these are actually action steps. I was going to say, they are actions, which is really yeah. exciting. And you know me, I always love to get to the practical. How can people do this? Well, the next five Go things ahead. we're going to talk about are what are the five ways that you can take action to put this into play. And Dan, I love that you've delineated these. This is new thinking, everyone. So this is something you haven't heard before. So Dan, let's jump into number one, make your future the next 24 hours. Tell me more about that. Yeah, and I've been doing that ever since we made the decision not to have our normal business structure, which is workshops for entrepreneurs. So more or less, we're being away from that for two and a half months. So I said, okay, so I can't think about those two and a half months because that decision has already been made. So what I have is two and a half months of time that's different from what I thought it was going to be. And I think the best way of doing this is just take it a day at a time, you know, respond to suggestions on the part of Babs, who's my partner and the key team players here being one of them, Shannon of what I could do using my skills, which are fundamentally communication skills. What could I do? It's very, very interesting. I've just taken it one day at a time so far. You know, we're in our second week of being in a new situation. And I said, well, whatever future I was thinking about before that I was going to be doing in late March, all of April and well, that future's gone. So I'm just going to create the future, a new future, and I'm going to do it 24 hours at a time. And it's amazing because every day that I've done this, things have surprised me from a positive standpoint, you know, of getting a last minute call. Hey, could you do a podcast with so-and-so right away? And you've got 45 minutes to prepare <laughs> for it. And I said, absolutely, I can do that. We have the technology. I'm in a position where I could do it. And I notice I've done a good job. I do a review at the end of every day, and I pick out five things that really work for the day. And usually two or three of them are better than what I was expecting the day to be. And then things that didn't work, you know, like I could have been more efficient or I wasn't prepared in the right way. So overnight and early the next morning, I prepare myself better. And I've noticed my skill level has gotten better every day. And because of my individual skill multiplied by technology, I'm actually impacting on a lot of people, but certainly specifically the people who asked me to be useful in this way. They're very happy with what I'm doing. And I'm keeping my schedule kind of loose so that if something comes up, then I can respond to it very, very quickly. And the whole point is just be as useful as I can every single day and see if tomorrow I can be more useful than I was today. That's perfect. And just a proof of that was last Thursday morning, I had the idea to have you do a video because I know people wanted to hear from you as to what your thoughts were with what was going on. And I pitched it to our leadership group at 9.15 
And then you and I were recording at 11, <laughs> which was really cool. I think I sent you a fast filter and we did that and it was great. And the other thing that you have written for me is what you want to do is provide the greatest practical and emotional value to specific individuals you know. And mm -hmm. I love that you're about providing both the practical and the emotional. I think that's a lovely nuance. You were just talking about adding positivity and, you know, you can be a hero or you can be a load or a burden, you know, adding to the emotional well-being of people, especially in fearful times, I think is super mm -hmm. key. Now, you've talked about this a smidge before, but it always bears repeating. Sleep, eat, and exercise. Mm -hmm. And you are keeping yourself really physically healthy, which supports your mental and emotional health. And you have some brilliant routines, Dan. I love them. Yeah, well, the big thing for me is sleep. I call it the shutdown leap. We're going to be shut down in certain ways, and we're going to take a big leap in other ways. You know, so I put a name on this particular scary times. Mm -hmm. I find it the shutdown leap because the world is kind of shutting down in a lot of ways that, no, you know, it's kind of very, very different. But I'm going to use this period to actually take a leap. But the big thing is every single day, I'm going to make sure I get my eight hours because I'm an eight hour a night guy. Mm -hmm. And I clear my mind before I go to bed at night so I don't have to spend the night working things out. And then we're very good about eating and we've got a lot stored up that's good food and we have <laughs> access to really good food during this period of time. And the other thing is exercise. Exercise because the big problem with scary times is the increase in cortisol mm. in your system. And cortisol is the worry, nervous, anxiety drug. Okay, this is take your blood pressure up kind of drug. And the one thing that's a sure bet for burning off cortisol is exercise. You know, where you sweat and where you actually have resistance. So I do resistance weightlifting and I do sprinting on an elliptical machine. We have also the benefit, I have a sauna. So I'm taking saunas and actually saunas are terrific because the thing that kills virus is your body getting heated up, perspiration and higher than normal temperature actually kills off infection. So it's been really great for us, but most people can sleep, so sleep. Uh, most people can <laughs> arrange their food, so eat properly and then exercise. And walking is great. If you can get out and just walk, that's really great. And we're just switching into spring, so... You know, it's feeling like spring, so that's actually a real benefit right now. But getting outside is really important. Getting sunlight is really important. You know, feeling nature is really, really important because those all cut down on a cortisol levels and we feel more dopamine. That's what we want is more dopamine. We want the good drugs, not the bad yeah, drugs. <laughs> yeah. And I make sure that during each 24-hour period, I can check off the list for sleep, exercise, and eat. I've done that so far. And, you know, as part of our forward planning where you have to make arrangements so that during the next 24 hours, everything is set. So that's really great. Dan, one of your points here is that you at your daily best will be 10 times more useful to other people who may not be able to do any of these three things, or at least not consistently. It really is focused on taking care of yourself so that you can take really good care of others. And I've been super impressed with the creativity. Like, 
you know, in terms of people having, you know, classes that they used to go to are now online. There's a kajillion workouts. My daughter's been running like crazy outside because of the weather because it's gotten so much nicer. So the number of resources available online to help you get motivated if you need someone to like, you know, kick your butt a little bit, as my other daughter says, there's someone out there who would love nothing more than to create value for you this way. So, you know, vitamin D, get outside if you can, but then also if you're indoors, you know, online, Zoom, everything, which is kind of powerful. So I think there's and a lot of people actually I've been talking to are getting more rest. They're mm-hmm. finally sleeping more. I get more sleep because they don't have their commuting time. And then also really enjoying some of their social connections online while they're physically distancing. So I think we can make the best of it if we have that mindset. Dan, you then talk about your being useful schedule. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you? Or what does that look like for other people? Yeah, I mean, it's the next 24 hours, but it's being useful in the next 24 hours. So... You know, on average, I've had about four projects which involve other people, either actually involve them at the time or immediately after I have to complete something so someone is in better better position to actually do something because I've done something first. So I have my normal schedule, you know, like if I look at my normal schedule before this started. And it was scheduled in a particular way, but that schedule is gone, actually, except for one project, which is an ongoing book where I'm working with a team. Every single activity I'm doing now is actually something that's emerged because of the special times, because of the scary times. So I just make sure that everything around these three or four events during the day, these are achievements that I have to make during the day that I'm at my most useful. My head is clear, I'm very focused. In most situations, I want to think them through so that I don't have to think them through while I'm doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm actually responding. But being useful is a kind of a lifetime theme for me. And I think it has a little bit to do with my childhood, actually, because I'm a fifth child in a family of seven children. And I always jokingly say to people, well, what does being fifth tell you? And I said, well, first of all, you're not number one. You're not number two. You're not number three. You're not number four. Plus you have two parents. So you're, (laughs) you're actually number seven. (laughs) And I said, so a lot of normal roles that people might have in childhood, I had to go searching how I could be useful, you know, and I did. I just kind of was very, very observant about what would be helpful or useful to someone else. Grew up on a farm family, so I was the houseboy. Mm-hmm. You know, the older four worked out in the fields, sweet corn, string beans, field tomatoes. But I would take snacks to them. I would, you know, take water to them and come back up. And then with my mother, I would wash dishes. I would set tables. And then the real skill is even before I was like five years old, I learned how to make beds and I could make beds. And so I started, I make my own bed, which was a big deal for me. Gradually, I said, you know, I can make everybody else's bed too. And so I became really terrific person. And to this day, I'll tell you, Shannon, I cannot get up and leave the bedroom unless the bed is made. There's something psychologically wrong with my world. If I've walked out of the bedroom and the 
bed isn't made. So I developed that. But I think it's tied, the activity of making the bed is actually deeply, deeply anchored in that being useful, being useful. Dan, you're also really good at setting tables when I've stayed with you. <laughs> so those skills of Yeah, and during this time, you know, we have help around the house normally because we're working all day. So we have housekeepers, we have, you know, other people who help out around the house, but they're sequestered just like mm-hmm. everybody else. So the only place where I do things like laundry and I wash all the dishes and I sweep and I take out is when I'm at the cottage. So I've just switched over to cottage guy. I said, you like the cottage guy? I tell Babs, you like the cottage guy today? How's the cottage guy doing? Is a good cottage guy? You know, so, but it's just being useful, you know, the normal garbage pickups are happening in the city of Toronto normally. So I was the one who wheeled out, you know, it was recyclable week, so recyclables went out, and I made sure that they were where they were. Now I have to go out and get the container after the podcast here, and I'm going <laughs> to put it back in the garage where it should be. But, you know, there's lots of things, and you think of them as you go, this thing being useful. But one of the big things that's really useful is I'm being especially clear on how the other person on the other end can be useful to me. So I'm giving very, very clear directions Mm. about how I want things to be, you know, and kind of explaining why what we're doing is such a big deal and why it's so important and it's got a real special impact during this time. So I think I'm going out of my way just to be useful in my communication right now. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, Dan, in terms of being useful, and you also talk about in terms of helping other people gain greater clarity, confidence, and capability, is you have been very available for what I wanted, what the team wanted, what our clients are looking for. You've met with some of our top-level clients, so it really feels like it is actually kind of nice to be able to come up with an idea and be able to execute on it so quickly because normally there's a million other things in the calendar has to fit like six weeks down the road. Now it's like other than our book project, it's refreshing. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to say what wasn't possible before, how can I be useful to my audience? And then designing your schedule around being useful is a cool way to think about that. Now, your next point is one of my favorites, which is really tracking your winning achievements for today. So how can people put this habit or this action into place, Dan? Yeah, I would say, first of all, only undertake projects where you really have a choice on it. Only undertake projects that can actually begin, be completed, and are finished today so that nothing carries over. What I tried not is do not have projects that are incomplete that carry overnight. I would say generally during normal times, I make that a point because, first of all, I'm ADD. And one of the most important things for ADD people to keep their spirits up is to actually have a lot of short-term projects that can be completed very, very quickly Uh and completely. So they're not loaded up with a lot of incomplete projects going overnight. But I think it's very, very important during these days to Uh actually stick to that rule. I think it's a great rule. And one of the ways that I noticed that you do this and I do this, oh, by the way, a great piece of ADD coaching I heard was do it now or do it never. <laughs> so the do it now rule is completely synchronous with what you just said. And, you know, you'll take a big project like a book, 
but it's broken up into pieces. So we'll do record number one and you'll get the fast filters or the mindset scorecard done for that particular recording session. So that recording session gets a checkbox and it's done or check mark. And then you'll do the same thing. Or if you're, you know, meeting with Hamish and you get the next diagram cartoon figured out, you also have the ability to take a pretty big complex three-month project and break it into these sprints that you can do in 24 hours so that you keep that sense of high progress and momentum and then you track these winning achievements as a win you don't wait until the end when it's over you count every single step towards that goal as progress and I think that's a really important thing especially when there's so much uncertainty is to really get it down your 24 hours perspective is genius to what can I get done in 24 hours and then check that box off because that's very fulfilling I call it chunking you really chunk things down during periods like this and the other reason is that digitally I'm very very connected but physically Babs and I are alone Mm -hmm. you know and My sense is that the chunking and getting things done creates a sense of momentum that makes you feel not so disconnected from other people's efforts. Right. The other thing is that more and more I'm choosing as my wins, that part of my project, which is crucial for other people later today, or it's crucial for other people tomorrow, I get my part done so that they can get their part done. So I'm thinking about the handoffs here. It's kind of like a relay, you know, and I'm running my hundred yards or I'm running my quarter mile and I'm handing the baton off. I think that generates a lot of shared momentum, shared enthusiasm about achievement, which is really, really crucial because the whole world is on tilt right now. Usually we don't have that experience of this. Hundreds of countries now are dealing with this problem in various stages, whether they're early to it or they're late to it and everything else are going through stages. So in my 75 years, this is the first one where it's being experienced worldwide. There's been some big, like 9-11 was shared news-wise, but it wasn't actually experienced. You know, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. It, it didn't really affect other people, actually, from a practical standpoint. But this one is the first what I would say, altering the practical course of daily life event that we've had in my lifetime, certainly in my lifetime. Yeah, I think it's the first time in history, unless we're talking about an asteroid hitting the Earth or something like that. An asteroid would... Would do it? That would would qualify? (laughs) Normally when things go tilt, you know, it's us or it's somebody else, but never are we all going tilt at the same time. That this is... is an asteroid, I think this is a big one. I think I'm so too. I'm not saying that ultimately it's the most dangerous one. I'm saying it's the most disruptive one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, but certainly in anyone's shock, life. The shock of this is the greatest shock that I've seen distributed all over the planet. I would 100% agree with that. I love it. Very true. So after you track your winning achievements for the day, and I think it's really important to track all that progress, then you also work on win streaks. I love this. And it's so cool, Dan, because it's not perhaps the win streak that you planned for, but it, nevertheless, you pivoted and you've switched and now you're on a new one, which is kind of like this interesting tilted period of time. So let's talk about win streaks. Great day, better tomorrow. I'm just thinking of these as we're having the conversation, but if there were three checkoff points of what constitutes a winning day, it's that I was present during the day. In other words, 
I wasn't in tomorrow. I wasn't in yesterday. I lived the day in today. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was that I was positive throughout the day. And the other thing is I was productive. So present, positive, and productive are kind of like three checkpoints for me. And then I add up the wins and, you know, tell myself a little bit about them. I visualize them. And I can feel my morale going up. I've got this real morale sense. And then I preview tomorrow, and some of it's already in the schedule, so I know I'm going to do those things. And then I say, well, it was a great day today. In what way could I make tomorrow better? You know, I go to bed at night with a sense of real achievement, and I get out of bed in the morning with a real sense of anticipation and excitement. So. You know, and it's a 24-hour loop. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, you think about it, you know, when people run marathons, you know, which can last, you know, for most people, it's three or four hours. But even the great, great star who, in a test marathon in Vienna, did it right. short of two hours. Two hours is still a long time, you know. <laughs> he's got 26 miles, and I'm sure he's got this chunking ability to do the next 100 yards, to do the next mile and everything else, he doesn't get too far ahead of himself in the race, you know. Mm -hmm. People who are marathon swimmers, they'll swim across, you know, Lake Ontario here, you know, from here to New York. And, you know, it's a long, long time. And you've got to have a, a chunking ability in your mind that you're not thinking of the entire distance that you're running. But there's this I'm going to do in this half hour, this I'm going to do in this half hour. And you have other people who are giving you markers and are giving you times. I think that able to stay within the immediate present is a tremendous skill. Tomorrow's tomorrow and we'll create tomorrow using the same approach as we did today. And we'll be better because we'll have today's experience giving us momentum going into tomorrow. Mm. You know? The other thing is that once the day is over, the day is over. You know, yep. I don't try to redo a day that I've just lived. Mm, that's powerful, Dan. Well, I think being present, positive, and productive is a great checklist for all of us, everybody. And then helping other people to be that way too, which I think there's very much how we are managing ourselves, but it's also about how can we help the other people that we're you know, living with, working with, supporting, serving. Yeah. How can we help them be this way too? Yeah, and I think one of the things you can do is you can be a role model for other people. And there's what I would call a constructive role model where you're showing people how to actually get things done, you know. And there's what I would call a corrective role model. For example, if people start complaining about how high, I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have a special place where we take all of our complaints and we'll review those in normal times. But right now, we can't deal with the complaints. We can't deal with the criticisms. Let's just focus. You know, I'm not negative like them. I'm not angry or anything, but I'll just cut it off. I won't lie. I said, that kind of thinking, that kind of talking is not going to do you any good. It's certainly not doing me any good. And we're not going to talk about that right now. You know, some people I've been on and they start talking. I said, oh, good heavens. You haven't been watching television news, have you? And they said, well, yeah. I said, oh, no, no. During scary times, you can't watch television news because the most scared people on the planet are the journalists. They're not saying scary things to scare you. 
they're just really petrified. The news media are the most unbalanced, petrified people on the planet right now. Okay. Okay. So I said, oh, no, no, you can't watch. No, I mean, watch YouTube, you know, watch murder mystery, watch whatever you want to do, comedy or anything, but you can't be watching. Oh, no, no. That's like letting the germs come into your house. You can't allow those germs to come in your house. So I don't watch that. I'm a reader and I have the internet and Usually every day there's some well thought out articles about events that are taking place or they're comparing how this scary times compares with other scary times and what seems to have worked. And you really learn something, but the on the spot journalists, you learn nothing from except how scared they are. Mm, that's a great point, Dan. And I think if you're going to keep yourself positive, present, and productive, that's actually one of the things to do is turn off the television, which means yeah. I had to go downstairs after we're done and do that. <laughs> that's yeah, going yeah. on in my household right now. You know, it's contamination. I mean, it's a form of contamination. And yeah. it does no good. I mean, it does no good. Well, and I think your point earlier about, and I actually said this, I actually said this to my friend, this is how much I travel, who's an Air Canada agent in Chicago. And he was pretty stressed in a post he made on Facebook about, you know, worried that he's infecting other people or about to get infected. And I'm like, my friend, you just can't think that way because fear is going to totally, you know, take down your immune system. And then I was able to give him some stats from an article that said that a lot of the first responders or people, well, not even first responders, but people in airports and those are actually showing a lower rate of infection. So I tried to give him some good news because he was just, I could feel it. He was working himself up to a state and I care about him. I don't want him to be experiencing that. And he has a lot to give. You know, he just has a wonderful way about him. And I'm like, thank you for helping essential people get where it is that they need to go. You're doing something that's really important. Mm. So it's interesting. We all have opportunities, big and small, to share yeah. this input and to, again, turn off the news because it's not helpful. Yeah. And just to finish off here with the first strategy, forget about yourself, focus on others. Make it easy for others to focus on others. I think that's the big thing. You can pass this on. You can pass the spirit. Um, you know, we're going to find more so than ever in history, how unified the planet can get in scary times. And it isn't hundreds of thousands, it isn't millions. There's now billions of people who will be doing positive, productive things by operating in the present of each day. And this, again, is also, I think, a historic first where we have the sense of teamwork in the billions, teamwork in the billions. That's the first time we've had teamwork in the billions. I think I want to take that idea and explore it further, Dan. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. Well, it's true. And the first time we've ever been so globally connected in one of our other conversations, you said in some ways will be more global. And it was because of, you know, technology, internet, and our means of communicating, and then other ways much more local. But the teamwork in the billions is a very cool idea. I'm going to look forward to that in a future conversation that we have. So Dan, thank you for our deep dive into Scary Times success manual strategy number one, forget about yourself and focus on others. And I really love the five action steps just to recap, make your future the next 24 hours, sleep, eat, and exercise, keep yourself physically well so that you can be well in all the other ways. Have your schedule be about being useful. I think that's a phenomenal way to reorganize your time. Really track your winning achievements for today 
and go on a win streak. Great day, better tomorrow. And if you're not aware, we have a win streak app that is completely free for iOS and Android. And this is a way where you can actually track your three wins for the day and what you want your three wins to be for tomorrow. And be prepared to be surprised by even better things that happened that you weren't planning for. So I want to make sure everyone knows about that resource as well. Dan, thank you as always for a fun, inspiring, positive conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shannon.